What's up, guys? It's the Awkward Dreadhead, and I have the beautiful, smart, one-of-a-kind, always-looking-fine, taking-the-world-by-storm, body-positive innovator, kicking ass, all over you hate is Melissa Gibson. How are you? Good. How are you? I'm doing awesome. I, I'm so happy that we got to do this, uh, this, this little chat, this little podcast, because people, like a lot of people, all my friends were very excited for you to be on uh that's so great yeah that's so fun awesome so um first i want to let everybody know um i have announced that we are going live on the chat so whatever questions you have for melissa you definitely can ask um and then uh we'll go from there okay um so melissa um i just want again i want to say thank you for uh taking time out um the first thing i kind of want to get into is um I i so i remember you know you being a very uh, big voice in the body pot. Well, what would you call it? Would you call the body positive movement? I mean, I think when I had more, when I was more active within it, yeah, I was definitely calling it the body positive movement. That's kind of what it's the umbrella. All of this has kind of been thrown onto or under. So yeah, I would I would consider it that. Okay, and uh, before we get into it, like how what would you consider the body positive movement? Like what would you consider that's a uh, that what, what that is. Well, <laughs> I mean, I think, I think it, you know, I, it started off just basically as a movement to, um, to be a space for bodies that don't fit the norm or, um, bodies that are like visibly marginalized in the sense of like, whether I would, I would say like, of course, fat people, plus size people, people who have visible like disabilities, um, people who don't, um, who are like gender non-conforming, who don't like fit into what people think a certain gender should, should look or trains people. Um, so I think that a lot of things can fall underneath it, but it's basically just a place for people to, to kind of come together, celebrate each other and be visible in a world that often um, tries to hide us. So um, it was definitely like a a movement spearheaded by the individuals within the movement, like, and they were using platforms like Instagram, which there was no like cutoff, like there was no person that was keeping our images and our words from being released to the public. And so this is like the first time that this is happening, you know, in like like 2009, 2010 and going on, you know, until today, you know, these, this is the first time in, in the history of the world where we're able to like share our voice and our perspective without going through the medium of someone else. Do you, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, it does. Uh, do you, how do you feel about the body positive movement then? And how do you feel about it now? Like in 2021, mm-hmm. like how do you, do you feel it's changed? Do you feel it's different? Do you feel um, different people or influencers are, are, I guess, taking it a different route? Yes, absolutely. Um, You know, I think that just as with most movements, you see a sense of capitalism come in where people need, you know, people who started off like um, just posting pictures of their daily life or what they were looking at or their thoughts. All of a sudden they, they got to the point where in the last 10 years, influencers kind of became a thing. And so there was body positive influencers who all of a sudden decided to quit their jobs. And then their, their income and their livelihood is based off of making money by 
whether it be by selling books or um, doing paid or promote promotional posts and stuff like that. Do you, Mm -hmm. do you have an, do you, do you not like that or what's your stance on that? You know, I'm not, I'm pretty neutral on it, but I do think that it's affected the community. I mean, in a lot of ways, I think that's great. Like, I think that, um, people who are doing this work should be paid for it. Absolutely. Um, so I'm not, I'm not like saying, oh, they were bad for, for doing that. What I'm saying is like, I do see that it's had an effect on the movement and it's, it's because there still is a lack of, um, within capitalism, there still is a lack of, um, how do I say, like people don't, don't value or prioritize bodies that are represented within, within the body positive movement. So they, they usually companies that are wanting to promote through these influencers are often paying less or not paying at all and just aren't um, because they don't value these bodies. There's yeah, it's just created more of a competition and people, instead of making it about their voice, people have seen an opportunity. They, they try to seize every opportunity to go viral and do you mean? So then, uh, do you mean like the the inf- the influencers or like who are you talking? Yeah, about? yeah, like, yeah. I mean, yeah, because people have to remain relevant. If this is their livelihood, they have to re- remain relevant, right? And I think just as time has gone on, the 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 strong voice and the and the the movement that I like joined back in 2014, I just feel like it's gotten washed out and become more just more palatable, like washed. Like well, it's just been um, whitewashed into I was a just way gonna that, use that I was going to use that. Yeah, word. yeah, exactly. Like it's just it's become more like oh, we just are here to love ourselves instead of saying like, well, what does that look like for someone who who lives in a world that doesn't love them? And no matter how much you love yourself, you're still going to face margin like systemic marginalization. And I just feel like people have stopped talking about systemic marginalization towards, I mean, in my case, because I'm fat, like I can just talk like systemic marginalization towards fat people. People have stopped using that platform to, or that movement to really speak out against those issues because it's not comfortable. It's not something you can make money off of. It's not something it make it, it like, it's not something that, that will go viral, you know? So, um, so yeah, it's just become a thing that's more focused on fashion, which in in and of itself it's great, but I don't really see how it's translating into like more accessibility for plus size fashion or okay. stuff like that. So, um, you know, I think in a lot of ways, like I do see a difference. I'm saddened by that. Like I don't really know where I belong anymore. Um, but at the same time, like. I don't blame it on the influencers at all, like, or on, really? on people within. I see that, well, I see because it as, there's a lot, as like. There's a lot of, like, uh, do I want to say tug of war? And, and I'm actually going to, yeah. I'll ask you some questions about that. I mean, there's a lot of tug of war from, um, I guess, from when I kind of, like, started noticing it maybe around 2015 uh to maybe uh i mean until i guess till now uh there's the i don't want to say the old school because it's like it's not yeah no but i get what you mean (laughs) yeah but like you know like people from 2004 i'm sorry 2014 to 2015 
there was kind of it, it kind of seemed like there was a message behind it versus now yeah. it seems very more sexualized and a lot of a lot of people I, I, well you know what someone wanted me to ask you uh you know ask you about that like how do you yeah. feel do you feel the body positive movement is has become more sexualized or do you feel it still has its message um I feel like I feel like and there's always been a sense where it has been sexualized. I think as a society, we're more open to talking about that now through our online spaces than we were just five years ago, um, especially with things like OnlyFans and stuff like that. People are monetizing their online work that way. Um, but at the same time, I also feel like it's lost its it's the depth of its message. I feel like the message has been um, shifted to focus less on marginalized bodies and more on self-love and has lost, you know, like the gumption, like it's, oomph, you know, like that I, the things that I was always passionate about. And, you know, I, I wanted to like talk about, because I knew that that was stuff that would have like affected me in my day-to-day life. Um, so you know, you, and think you don't fit in anymore. Do you feel like you don't fit in anymore? Um, yeah, no, not at all. Oh wow. <laughs> I mean, I don't, I, and then like part of that is just because, I mean, to be honest, like a couple of years ago, I just feel like I kind of was fighting against the change so much that it came off as very judgmental. It came off as very, um, I guess people would say like bullying and divisive. Wait, and... so let me be clear. Are you saying people bullying you or you bullying people? People were saying that I was bullying people oh, and wow. I was being divisive. So I'm, I just, for me personally, I decided to take a step back because I said, I, none of these people know who I am and I'm tired of like trying to convince them of who I am, you know? So I still like have chosen to research. I mean, I, I was in school. I was getting my master's degree degree at the same time. I went on to get my law degree, you know, and I was doing research in, um, like weight, discri- weight discrimination. I've written numerous papers on just um, legal stuff that have to do with how fat people are treated and, and all that kind of stuff. So I, I've done it in other ways. But yeah, I mean, I don't feel like I have a, a space to more than just share what my life is. Like that's kind of what I do on my Instagram now is just be like, hey, this is what I'm doing now. Um, but okay, I so, do think- so do you... When you okay, so when you were being bullied, like, are you are you saying? Oh, I'm sorry. When people said you were <laughs> yeah. bullying, yeah, did you did you like who was it coming from? Was it coming from other influencers, just like your fans, like or your followers? Who was yeah. it coming from? Um, mostly from other like other influencers, other big names in the body positive movement. Oh, wow. Um, and you know, and like and their followers, you know, I mean, because every person gets to create their own narrative within their space. And so um yeah, I just for me it just didn't become it wasn't a fulfilling or an empowering place anymore. So I I just took actually got off Instagram for like 10 months to a year and then like came back just kind of doing my own thing. But so, I mean, I'm still insanely passionate about it, you know, and I still, um, I still have lots of thoughts, obviously, <laughs> but, <laughs> um, I do, I mean, I do see, I do see the good and the bad. Like I do see that I understand where these influencers are coming from. I understand why 
they like they have to go with what's popular. They have to remain relevant. I get that. And I don't think okay. there's anything wrong with that. All right, Melissa. I because <laughs> it's okay. So okay, this is okay. I'm gonna ask you this. Because, no, be, yeah. Um, an influencer, an influencer, uh, I spoke to one like about a month ago, and then yeah. a, a bunch of people wanted to ask me this, wanted me to ask you this is during what during when I guess heyday, your your heyday or whatever like that. Yeah. Uh would you say that some influencers behaved differently? versus what was on their Instagram? Like, what was your what was your experience with other influencers? Yes, they absolutely and, behave and, differently. So they, you know, of course, they absolutely behave differently. But I don't, this is my thing coming from two, two three years later. Um, I, I understand it because I get like their job was that. That's how they made their livelihood. And they're being protective of it. And it's also been something that they've been a huge voice in. And then to then have someone come and critique it, that's never easy to hear, right? So um, I feel like we we were trying to have a conversation about, okay, this is where the body positive movement is going. It's being watered down. It's not serving the group that it was meant to serve. Um, and and that would have meant huge upheaval in how how influencers behaved online and what they talked about. And it would affect their checking accounts. You know what I mean? So, um, so yeah, absolutely. It? Yeah. It, and that's where I, I have a problem with it. Cause I'm like, it's a money thing. And it's like, yeah, I mean, when you become an influencer, it's hard to go back into the main, um, like, you know, and work in a normal job, you know, when you've been an influencer for five years and nothing else. So there's more than just like, oh, they were just being mean girls and they wanted to keep their power. I mean, there's a lot more in play, but I do think that they hurt themselves and they hurt a lot of people in the process. Um, I think that they basically handed over an amazing movement that helped a lot of people and what had the potential to really challenge what people think about plus size bodies, fat bodies, you know, aging bodies, disabled bodies, stuff like that. And so um, there's really not a, that conversation happening online anymore. Yeah, you, you um, know what? You're wow. You're you hit that on the head. There is that's definitely like not happening right now. A lot of it's yeah. sound is way different than what it used to be. But I real quick, I want to. Um, there's some questions come, popping up, and oh, I want yeah, to like, I want to um, throw throw some questions at you. Okay, so so at I love Melissa. <laughs> um, <laughs> Uh, it says, hello, uh, why do more and more women see monetizations with their body like never before in the body positive movement? Because hmm. I think it's glamorized and there's like a false narrative out there about how much money you can make or, um, I mean, there's definitely that part. Um it's also attractive to be like desired and to have to, for people to think like, Oh, you're so popular. You have this many followers, you know, I mean, and to get the constant, um, to constantly be relevant, to get the constant pay- praise. And of course you get the negatives, but then the, like the, the thing to that is like, if you talk about the negatives, people usually are like, Oh my God, you're so amazing. 
um, can I cuss? Fuck the haters. You know what I mean? Like, like, so I'm just, it's just, um, it's, it's just, it's really, it's really, really complicated, but I do feel like a lot of women, it's something that is, it it goes to our like innate desires to be liked, to be wanted, to be protected, to be heard, you know, and to make money off of it. And so, you know, I think that um, is definitely like something that we, we, we like yearn for. And when you're coming out of this world of being a plus size person or being someone who was told that they were not, did not fit into like what was beautiful at some, you know, in society, when all of a sudden you have, okay, there's other people who look like me and they're making it and they have a voice. I want to be like them. And that's super desirable because you've never felt that before in your life. And, um, and it's empowering, you know, and it, and it, it's like, it's a way to say like, fuck other people. There's people here who are, who are supporting me and who are also like, who have the same experience, who have had, you know, who I can relate to on this level. Whereas like a lot of us don't have that in our day-to-day lives or we're not having those conversations in our, in our day-to-day lives. Right. Okay. Okay. All right. Well, um, all right. So we got, we got some more questions. <laughs> they're, they're kind of yes. popping up quick. So I'm gonna get to them. I'm gonna <laughs> Go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. Okay. Um, okay. So this one is from music, music guy 101. It says mm-hmm. on, on your Instagram, you say support fat creators and and marginalized folks yes. and you lit and you list nicole byers as one um yes. why i absolutely love nicole byer i think she is authentically who she is like i think that she um she didn't ever like bow down to what the narrative says she had to be and i i i respect that like do i think that maybe she said some problematic things in the past yes but we all have and she's like open to have those conversations and to say it out loud. And I think that that's like way more important than um, someone who's just saying things to like make everyone happy. Um, I think she's killing it. Like she's absolutely killing it. And in Hollywood where everyone's every, like literally no one, not no one, but there are a lot of people where she is like not prioritized, you know, she, she exists in a black fat body and like in Hollywood, that's not praised. Right. So, I mean, I think she's awesome. Um, I listen to her podcast about 90 day fiance every week and I think she's hilarious, but okay. That's just me personally. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Also everybody like, listen, I cannot, if you have follow up questions, I'm going to skip you because I can't, (laughs) I'm not going to bog her down with your question or questions like that. Okay. Let's get to, uh, Oh, um, okay. I'm going to ask this question. If you don't want to answer it, you do not have to answer it. Okay. Um, at Liddy titty. (laughs) That's a person's name. Uh, first, first, do you believe trans women are 100% women? Yes. Okay. I'm like, that is not, that's a non-negotiable for me. I absolutely 100% respect Their they, gender identity. They literally have uh, a dot dot below it. I was gonna try yeah. to read it, but um, if you believe trans women are women, is it okay for a trans woman to get in a boxing ring and fight a biological woman? 
Um, yeah, I mean, I think I, I don't know enough about that. I'm just going to say like, I don't know the science behind all of it from what I do know from like a social, social perspective. I don't have an issue with that. As long as everyone's consenting, we're good. Yes. Um, <laughs> that, that, that's see, see that personally, personally, I don't, I don't think it's a good idea for that to happen, but I do, uh, if, if the biological or wait, wait, what's the word? Is it cis woman? The cis woman. Yeah. Uh, is okay with fighting a transgendered woman. I I'm I, I would love to watch it. I don't you know so um, yeah. So and usually when someone is transitioning, that they're, they're like, um, you know, they're taking hormones and that does affect like muscle mass and all that kind of stuff. But mm-hmm. like I said, I really don't know. Like I've only been on the peripheral of those conversations. I wish I knew more. But I do respect. I mean, I do think like they're absolutely women. Okay. All right. Uh... Next question is, uh, guys. I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna get to you as many as I can. Okay, please, guys. Um, uh, at Five Finger Death Punch, um, on your. I'm sorry, that's the wrong one. Uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> hey, there's so there's, they just keep coming down. <laughs> you're fine. You're fine. I get it. It's hard to. Okay. When they're uh, scrolling, they're scrolling. Yeah. Uh, hello, Melissa. I'd like to know: Is it fat phobia or body shaming? If someone chooses to not like or date someone who is fat or um, overweight. No. No, not at all. That's not fat phobia. I mean, like, you like what you like. Um, what, tell, I, what, what is fat phobia? Can you, can you tell, tell what that is, please? I mean, I think fat phobia is this, is this in, when you make assumptions about someone's body and their character and their ability to do something or their health and you make assumptions based off of their body. Like, I mean, like most people would think, Oh, every fat person's lazy and that's just not true. You know, I mean, or they're, you know, they are sitting around eating They're they're milking off the system, stuff like that. And it's just not true. There's so many hardworking fat people out there and fat people are individual people. Like each person, like all of us deal with our own, um vices and we also deal with our things that we should be congratulated and you know that we like we bring value to this world um so i think fat phobia doesn't have to do with attraction at all i mean like if i'm being honest i have a type and it's not it's not like it's thinner men you know and i and i'm just like i don't think that there's anything wrong with that i can look into why do i feel that way but at the same time, I'm not going to date someone I'm not attracted to. And I don't and I don't want anyone to date me if they're not attracted to me, you know. And so I'm not the issue becomes the marginalization comes from like this narratives that's been created around fat bodies and what it means about you because you're fat. OK, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. OK. Um, you talked a lot about equality between uh the sexes uh give me like what in your eyes what's equality um there's a there's a question that that popped up that kind of um talks about the uh the pay wage gap and i kind of want to get your i kind of want to get your thoughts on equality first and then i'll read the question i think equality comes down to how we as a society value people and um I think that's why the pay wage gap, like, is such a big deal because it shows that, like, we don't value women as much. Um, But it's also so much more than that. When 
we're talking about the differences between, um, uh, you know, how men and women are taught to interact with each other or in talk to interact with, with people of authority or you're saying so taught- many things right now that are coming into the questions <laughs> and so really? <laughs> uh, yeah so I'm gonna kind of like try to touch on all of them as much as I can as soon as you okay you're there. fine Go ahead. Go ahead. yeah I mean I think it's just it's just a matter of equality isn't meaning like oh we're all gonna look and and be treated like completely equal across the board of course we all have different personalities we all have different work ethics we all have different um ways that we interact with the world and we interact with others. Yes. But there is like gendered, um, there is a gendered, um, socialization that we experience from when we're kids that does affect how we interact with the world. That does affect how other people treat us. That does affect our, our paychecks, you know? Um, and, and even down to how we see our bodies and how we feel, we can interact with our bodies in a sexual way or share our bodies in a sexual way, you know, and all these kind of stuff. So I think that equality is, I mean, just like with anything, when it comes to equality, whether it be race, gender, sex, all this different stuff, you know, it's, it's not about like, Oh, men and women are the same because men and women aren't the same, but one man is not the same to another man. And another woman is not the same to another woman, you know? So it's like, we just want, it not to be this such clear, like determinative idea of what it means to be a woman and what it means to be a man. Okay. Okay. So what, so what, what do you feel causes equality? Like what? Um, I think, well, that's, I mean, I could go on and on, but because, well, I mean, I, I think, I, yeah, I want, <laughs> I want you to uh, stick, um, find, like, yeah, a, a yeah, something. There's, a, um, there's a couple of, uh, because there are a couple of things that, um, um, are in the box, chat box right now that, that, that they want me to bring up. So go ahead and, okay. yeah. You know, I think that we've lived in a society created by men. The rules of society have been created by men because men have primarily had power and not just men, white men have primarily had power in the last, mm, well, forever. So we, our society has been created for men, like has created by men according to how they experience the world historically. And it has been a different experience for women. So women just haven't had the chance to really give in their insight into, into our governments and our systems and what is considered normal or what is considered, um, uh, what do you say? Like what is considered professional, what is considered right, you know? And so women have already been marginalized out of that, out of that, um, out of the inside group because we weren't even allowed to help like define what it means to be a part of the people, a part of the people that this world was created for. So, so on, so on that, oh, I'm sorry, you, I'm sorry, go ahead, go ahead. No, you're fine. So, I mean, that, that affects everything, right? So, um, when it comes to, I mean, if we are talking about the pay gap, when it comes to who, who do we decide is who's in charge of, you know, most primarily in charge of caring for children, and we see statistics show that women are primarily the caregivers, even if they're in a two different two parent household, and more so when they're in a single parent household. Household, right? So, 
women that will of course affect women's jobs and if even if it doesn't it's perceived to have affect women's jobs so then therefore therefore they're given less responsibility less promotions they're seen more as a potential hazard in the workplace so and that, okay, well, i want to real quick because because there's a there's a question that that there's a question that wants to be answered by something you just said oh yeah. okay okay so the question says the question is um, who is stopping women from going, I guess, in higher executive positions? Do you feel men are stopping it or do you feel it's or do you feel, you know, women's pregnancies or whatever the case is stopping women? Like what do you think is stopping women from I going mean, to the top? I think it's a it's a multitude of things. I think that yes, there are some men out there who don't value women and don't think that women can do the job. And I think that that's going away more and more. And I do feel like, okay, so I do feel like that's changing. Um, But we still, I mean, if you still look at like most of these companies, the people who are on the board of directors and who are the CEOs are in their 50s, 60s, 70s, right? That hasn't gone away for them. Wait, are you Um, talking about like, are you talking about like, uh, like senators and congressmen? Is that what you're talking about? I mean, somewhat, but I'm talking more about like board of directors of like multi of like companies or yeah. Um, People who have the CEO and the CFO and all CTO positions are usually older white men. Um, But more than that, I do think that, um, sorry, what was the second part of the question? The second part of the question is, um, like, what do you think causes um, okay. the pay the pay wage gap? Like, do you feel do you feel like uh, do that women are held back because of their um, because of them getting pregnant, or mm-hmm. is it or is it or is it actually just men stopping women from going in, in these positions or for example i'll, I'll just throw mine at, throw, throw mine out there mm-hmm. do you uh like uh as far as like politicians and everything like that like who like who's stopping women from going in going into these uh into these offices mm, yeah i mean i i think that that comes down to voters and it, it comes down to the fact that we have a large um uh, population in america that doesn't think that women can be leaders and that has to do with you know, patriarchal values, history, and it also has to do with Christianity um, and a lot of other religions that just teach that women are the lesser, are, aren't Wait, capable you're saying, for. You're saying that religion teaches, oh, okay, go, I'm sorry, go ahead. Yeah, <laughs> no, call, no. yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, like, I mean, I grew up in a Christian church and like, I was told that I could never be a pastor. I could never be in leadership other than in leadership for, um, other women, right? Okay. Um, that's very common in a lot of um, at least white evangelical Christian churches um, still to this day. Um, so, yeah, that does stop people from being able to vote for or to feeling like they can trust and vote for a woman to be a pol- to be their leader, their pol- okay. political leader. So you um, feel like you feel like women. You feel like okay, voters. So you're saying even women don't trust other women to to you know have that much power. Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, there wow. is a huge I mean there's there's a ton of women who don't who have been I mean I don't want to say brainwashed but like culturally have been taught that it's not that women should not be and cannot be um leaders leaders of men. So 
Um, I think that's a huge thing that women are fighting against when they're trying to go for leadership positions, whether it be in their small company or in, you know, to be the president of the United States. Um, I love that. I, well, I do want to say, I do want to say like there are, there are a lot of companies um, and not, not to, uh, not to shut you down or anything, but mm-hmm. um, there are a lot of companies that do have female um, CEOs like, you know, General Motors, Hershey, you know, um, Best Buy. So there are, there are females that do, that are in CEO positions. And stuff like that. I, one thing I will say that I've noticed is that a lot of women, um, I think, there's a there's an opportunity as a as a, a female CEO to hire other um, females, you know, in other positions, in higher positions. I feel like that's mm-hmm. an opportunity. And I like one thing with uh, one thing with um, uh, that new Halle Berry movie, Bruce. Yeah, she is. She's she um, Halle Berry directs it. She has yes. um, she has female um, producers. The soundtrack was all female artists. Um, you know, I heard. I mean, I need to. I need to look this up. Is it actually true? But I was told that a lot of the uh, a lot of the behind the scenes people um, were um, were uh, were women of color, and um, so I feel like um, it's a it's a very good um, idea and a great opportunity for women who step into these higher positions to also bring up um bring up other women if that makes any sense no i mean absolutely um but even then like going let me go back to what you said you know like there are female ceos yes but i mean overall they're still a much smaller proportion compared to like the population um you know there's i think that i mean we're pretty much 50 50 and i would say probably you know even women ceos make up maybe 20 25 percent or i mean i'm i'm you can, you can bring, I might, I don't know the exact numbers, but I know in government, I think in politics, in politics, I think in federal politics, I think that like women only make up, um, something like 15% of um, federal politicians. I honestly thought it was lower than that, to be honest. Yeah, no, I mean, it has been higher before it's going lower again. Um, so this is, I mean, so, and then what you said for like it's an opportunity once they become a CEO to be able to like like you said like what's that whole term like um, lean in or whatever um, that very feminist term but um, basically like bring in other women behind them but at the same time the CEO doesn't often have the sole responsibility to do that or the sole sole power to do that just like the president doesn't have the sole power to elect senators or representatives you know. Um, so you have a lot of other people in place still, and it's still a primarily, I mean, capital, like businesses and politics in America are still primarily run by white men. Okay. Okay. We're going to, um, we're going to jump into a question real quick. Absolutely. Um, okay. Uh, hello, Melissa. My name is Savannah and Hi, I, Savannah. <laughs> and I followed you for years and listened to you, listened to everything you preached it all sounded good, but in real life, having confidence didn't really bring me more dates. I learned with this that online is online and real world, and the real world is the real world. 
Yeah, no, I mean, of course, like the online world is brings a sort of anonymity. And of course, unfortunately, there's still a lot of people who are attracted to um, fat women who aren't comfortable with it. And they do face they also face discrimination if they're open with it and ridicule, unfortunately, by some people that they may love. And um, so, yeah, I think the online world makes it easier for people to be more honest about their feelings just because they can remain more anonymous. Um, and, but and it, I'm not, I'm, this tough. is what I'm going to say. This is what I'm going to say. Go ahead. There is this is one of my problems with the body positive movement is that people used it as a way to like create a step by step process of how you get to self-love or how you overcome something it's not one size fits all for everyone that's so so true it's not something that you can like teach as a boot camp it's not something that you can make a workbook it's not any of that like there are people who have made like good workbooks where they're talking about like let's challenge what we have been challenged to believe but they don't go to the step where they're like and this is how you rebuild it and this is how you need to act no but um, yeah, there's not a one size fits all. I've, you know, I can say like, okay, you can try this, but that worked for me. It not, might not work for me, for you. And like I said, it's still nothing that we can do about our own feelings about ourselves, even if we're completely happy, you know, it's doesn't mean that the world is going to treat us any differently. And that's why I believe that there needs to be more activism within the, within the body positive movement to bring awareness around like marginalization issues that fat people experience um, or other people who are marginalized because of their body, you know? So um, yeah, no, I mean, I, it, it breaks my heart that we can't just like wish things into existence or, or think that like, okay, I figured this out and I'm confident now and I love myself and it's not going to, and it's not going to make like the world treat us any different, but that's the reality is that we still live in a world that still permeates with, um, fat phobia and with negative feelings around fatness and, and assumptions. And I just, I don't know, like I, I want to challenge that. And, and even if they feel like, oh, I mean, there's even people who are like, oh, I, I'm attracted to this, but I don't want to deal with the supposed already diagnosing this person with, or, you know, the supposed like weight discrimination they're going to experience in employment, which yes, statistically they're going to face weight discrimination in employment, but, um, but yeah, I mean, it's just, we need more education around this. Um, and we need to challenge it because it shouldn't be the status quo and it doesn't have to be. I also feel like, I mean, it feels like you can that the person kind of had, uh, maybe I dare to say fake confidence. Like you're, you're, you have to love yourself first. Like you can't really, you can't really, I mean, if you, if you're, if you're going out and you know, you're, you're trying to date or whatever, mm -hmm. and you don't really like love yourself. I don't really know how you're going to expect anybody else to love you, but I mean, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I'm not going to call it fake, but I would say that like, if the goal of your confidence is to make other people love you, like you're going to be disappointed. Um, confidence, the goal of confidence is so that you can like, you can love someone or you can love yourself and therefore like know what you deserve. 
and and expect that from other people. Not like, oh, here, now I have more to give you. Instead, say, what do you have to give me? Yeah. You know, and um, and in the meantime, know that you are a whole wonderful person without having that person by your side, you know? Okay. And I'm I'm all about the single life. I, you know, I loved <laughs> it. I, I loved it, you know. You know, and I also like being in a relationship, but you have to be in the right relationship for it to be good. Yeah. Okay. So. Okay. All right. So we got 20 more minutes. So I want to kind of get to these last two questions. Okay. Absolutely. All right. So one of the, you know, I'm going to say for the last, uh, it says, I feel like women aren't taught how to date or treat men. Why didn't you use your platform to talk to women about that? Hmm. That's kind of that's kind of an odd question. <laughs> yeah, no. I mean, I think that that is a narrative that I've heard people say before. I don't think that men or women are taught how to treat each other when we date. We're taught to like make each other the enemy. Um, wow. And wow. That is that's it's a uh, okay. Well, explain because I'd love to hear this. Because we're taught to like we're taught these gendered stereotypes of like, this is what women are going to want. This is what men will always want. This is how women are going to act. And this is how men are going to act. This is what they're going to say. And this is what they really mean. And this is, you know, and it's like, wait, what? (laughs) It's again, uh, it's, it's, it's a trope that not everyone fits into. And, and then people are on the defensive on it all the time thinking like, well, I'm dating men and this is what I need to look out for. And like, they, they need to like come to my level and, and it's like, no, okay, we're both human beings and we're both like dealing with very human emotions of insecurity, of fear, of wanting to be loved, right? And that societally might come out in different ways, but when we bring vulnerability to the relationship, vulnerability is strength in that. And then you, you don't want to give yourself completely and just like bend over backwards, but you want to say... I know who I am. This is what I'm seeing. This is how I feel. And I know that you're, you can have, you have that duality as well. You know what I mean? Like you have the ability to be vulnerable as well. And I'm asking you to be vulnerable with me. Um, We don't have that conversation very often. Yeah. Right. That's very true. It's very true. Like we want to villainize the other person. And there are definitely people who need to be villainized, but that's not like, that's not the first assumption we should make. And, and it's also like based in a lot of trauma because a lot of people have dealt with bad relationships. And then you, of course, bring that to your next relationship. And that's, again, where vulnerability comes in, where you have to communicate about that. Um, and you have to be honest with yourself and why you're feeling a certain way. Um, and maybe go to therapy. I don't know. But, no, you know, no, so. no. honestly, I think I, I think there I think mental health. And uh, I think people don't see therapy like they should. I just, yeah. I just don't think they do. And I think if uh, if people, if more people sought therapy, then you know, I think, you know, I, it's not. I mean, I'm not saying you you go once and you, everything will be fine, but definitely go and try get yourself together. I think it's a very good um, thing to do. I think mm-hmm. one thing that um, that men uh, that I don't know. I, I mean, just talking to the uh the person the commenter just speaking to him like I, I i completely understand like how sometimes you could feel like you're like as a man you're always taught to 
you know, open the door for a girl, you know, yeah. uh, pay for the first day, do this and do that. And you're just sitting there like, well, what's she supposed to do for me? And you and you and you fight with this. You kind of fight with this, and then it it it, it becomes to a point where oh well, you know what? They're the enemy. Duh, and mm-hmm. so I, yeah, I totally, I totally understand um, the commenter with that. But again, those are all things that are made up, right? Like exactly. that doesn't need to happen. And like yes, some women expect it, but it's just a conversation. I don't. I've never expected that. You know, like my my partner, he has never once opened a door for me. And it's like definitely a cultural thing. He's Spanish. And so like, it's just not in their culture that you open doors for women, you know, and here in, I'm sorry, I live in Spain. So here it's like much more normal for both, both men and women in a relationship to work. And so that's just like, and that's been normal for like the last hundred years, you know? So it's just a different thing. Like those are all like made up gendered roles that our society like has promoted for a reason in time. Like it, it worked out and it was usually to the, I don't know, this is probably going to make some people angry, but the people who made that a gender role were men who, who were in power at the time were men. It benefited them at a time. Right. Or, and so it's like now, yeah, things are changing. We can look at that. We don't have to assume that that's the only way it has to be done. And I did want to say one thing, like he did said, like, why didn't I use my platform to, sorry, I assumed it was a guy, but anyway, they said said, like, why didn't I use my platform to like talk about this? That wasn't what I was there for. And like, that's not, that's really honestly not like a perspective that I come from. Like, um, I don't usually like try to villainize men um, or just like, I mean, and I, and I'm not really using, usually having those conversations. So it wasn't, I mean, I don't feel like I had to talk about anything and everything, but what was pertaining to me, I used my platform to talk about. Okay. Okay. And the last question is, are you going to come back to the movement? No. Oh, wow. Um, I'm, you know, if I do, what I would want to put my energy towards is putting like out law review articles, um, doing research on um, changing policy. You know, like there's only one state in the nation that um, sees um, weight discrimination, weight-based discrimination as illegal. Um, I would love to see that change in my lifetime. Um, and because it's something that really does actually affect um, a lot of people in, our, in America and not just fat people. Um, so I would love to see that change. So that would be something that I would put way more of my energy towards. I mean, right now I just use my Instagram following. I mean, I don't even really try to foster it anymore, but I just use it to show my life. And like, I'm a fat woman living my life the way that I've chosen to live it. You know, I've moved and moved to another country and trying to navigate all of that. And like, there's so much more to me than just what I was, um, than, than my activism within the one so-called body positive movement, you know, and I would like to explore that in different ways. And I mean, I do hope that people still see and when they follow me or if they, they watch my life, they're like, they're empowered by it because they can see like, oh, there are more options than just the one that I've been told to believe. Um, and there's ability to be vulnerable and to be honest and to see yourself in a different way. And I, that's the only thing I hope from my Instagram that people come away with. So, yeah. Okay. Um, Melissa, this was so enlightening. 
this was yeah. this was amazing i like i i mean there's like listen there are more there's like more questions and there's more things i would love to get to but we only have a certain amount of time and, yeah, I, no, and it, it's late it, i know it's late over there right now so um <laughs> i just want to thank you so much there's a lot of okay so there's a lot of influencers that um you know did not want to you know I guess come on the podcast and act, and act and be asked certain questions. So, yeah. And I'm just very, I'm just so happy that you decided to come and, and answer, answer questions. And, um, and you know, whatever, any, whatever question someone threw at you, you were willing to answer it. So I just really appreciate it. I want to thank you so much. Oh yeah. Well, no, I'm like, I'm super appreciative of the opportunity. Like I don't often get to have these conversations anymore. And I, like I'm super passionate about it and super excited to do it every time. Um, and yeah, I mean, I think that like, yeah, no, I think I have a unique perspe- perspective that I like to like communicate, which I just think I wish we would just communicate more. Between oh, people. Yes. <laughs> I know yeah. there's a privilege like, and, and that comes from, somewhat from my privilege, like to be able to be like, yeah, I can sit down and talk to people. And at some times in my life, I probably wouldn't have been able to, but um, yeah, no, I mean, I think that now it's really important um, and we don't do it enough. Do you want to um, share your uh, your Instagram and what you're doing and, or anything? You want, to, you want to promote anything? Um, uh, so my Instagram is yours truly, Melly. Um, truly is spelled wrong. It's with an E. It was because the right way of taking it, like of spelling it was already taken. Um, and I mean, that's basically it. You're welcome to like follow my life. Um, I don't post there as much, but I live in Mallorca, Spain, which is like this gorgeous place. So if you want to see like good food, an amazing Mediterranean life, beaches, whatever, you're welcome to check it out. Wow. <laughs> but... You are. So you're really like just you're, you're just no longer in that anymore. <laughs> yeah, no. I mean, I, you know, I live a normal, pretty normal life here, but um but yeah, no, I mean, I'm, I'm still very, like, entirely invested. I think this is, I think, you know, these movements or these topics are, like, important worldwide. I see that they're even important here. Like, I see um, issues, gendered issues. I see weight issues, you know, weight discrimination issues here. So I think it's just important for us to have these conversations. And yeah, there you go. Awesome. <laughs> awesome. Melissa, thank you so much. Um, thank you everybody for, um, joining the chat. Um, and yes, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much, Melissa. Bye. Bye.